0: Preseason is in the books and the regular season is finally upon us. Welcome back to the 49 Away Podcast. Jay Sahota, Zach Chevy, we got a lot to get to on this week's episode. We will discuss the 53-man roster as it was officially unveiled yesterday. And we will also recap the Niners shellacking of the Vegas Raiders over the weekend in the preseason finale. Don't want to miss it, so keep it locked, stay tuned. We got a lot to get to. And also don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more 49ers news. And analysis. Welcome back to the 49 away podcast. Jay Sahoda, Zach Chevy. It was a busy few days in terms of 49ers football, and the preseason is finally a wrap. And it's about time that we finally get to talk about the 49ers regular season. So, take two. Here we go. Last year, we thought we were going to run it back. 2020 was not the season that we all thought it was going to be so here we go let's run this back and let's do this whole you know revenge tour thing properly this time so hopefully it works but over the weekend the Niners wrapped up preseason in a shellacking it's always a pleasure shellacking the Las Vegas Raiders so it's always very nice to do that and then the 53 man roster got unveiled pretty quickly it was a quick turnaround for Lynch and Shanahan Chevy, welcome back, my guy. You missed us uh, you missed last, you. last week.
1: Yeah, yeah, I missed you guys.
0: I missed you last week. Good to have you back. And um, so last week we, we talked a little about the Chargers game. There wasn't a lot going on, but this week, the Raiders game, a lot of great things to talk about, really. It was just a, a really entertaining game. I think that's the best way to put it. Um, We'll start with that, and then we'll make our way through the 53-man roster and the decisions that Lynch and Shanahan had to make. So on Sunday afternoon, the Niners hosted the Raiders. Obviously, it was the first time they've met in the preseason in over a decade, so it was nice to kind of rekindle that rivalry, although it was not much of a rivalry on the field. The Niners (laughs) controlled this game from beginning to end. Um, The minute I saw Nathan Peterman run onto that field, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be fun. And the Niners defense did exactly that. But this offense was interesting and they looked really good. Like It's as if I think the best way that you could probably put it into words is like in the final preseason game, obviously this year's different than usual because if it's the fourth preseason game, all the all the scrubs play. But in this case, the starters would play because there, was, there was only three games. They look week one ready, man. I mean, what were your thoughts?
1: Yeah, yeah, they look week one ready. I was fully against starting any of the starters personally Agreed. because the last week of the preseason, why are you risking people getting injured? Well, that's my thought. But hey, they looked good. They looked like they're ready to compete. They looked like the team we were hoping them for them to be in 2020. They looked like that 2019 team. Um, I guess if we're starting with the game, I, I got to talk about the two quarterbacks, the two boys, the two mobile quarterbacks, Jimmy G and Trey Lance, you know, we saw them both run rush for a touchdown and I'm not going to lie. I'm sure I was every 49ers fan out there, but when Jimmy G ran in and dove head first, I was crying. I like, didn't think I thought he was injured. I thought he was going to get hurt, but no, comes out of it perfectly fine and did it glor- gloriously. And uh yeah, we have two mobile quarterbacks. That's all I took from that game.
0: It was like the complete opposite of when he got up because that was exactly the same. <laughs> he went down head first. I was like, "Oh, crap. I'm like concussion or something like, you exactly. know, something happened." And then he gets up and he's all hyped up and he's like hugging Trent Williams and and you know, <laughs> giving props to, to Alex Mack and Brunskill and I was like, I like this version of Jimmy G, man. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I can tell when Shanahan and Lynch and the coaching staff have been talking about Garoppolo, you know, uh, rising to the occasion with Trey Lance coming in. I've really seen it this preseason, and he's only played, I think it's about one or two possessions each game. So it's not like we've seen a ton of him, but he, I think this last preseason game, he got exactly what he wanted out of it. He needed a nice drive. The Chargers game was a nice drive too, which has ended in an unlucky interception. This time he gets to finish it and not only with a pick. He finished it himself with a three-yard touchdown run. And you're right. Jimmy G is all of a sudden putting the word mobile next to his next to his name after going for a 10-yard run last week. And then he takes one in himself this week. It's um it was interesting. It was different, but I loved it. I don't know what it is. There was something in there that um I was a little concerned about the consistency and the rhythm, but it it didn't seem like and I know it's preseason and and I don't think it was there were very much of the Raiders ones playing in that game. And honestly, our first two games, I'm not going to think too much of it either because it's the Lions and the Eagles. So maybe week three, we'll start to get a sense of, all right, when we're actually playing a real contender. And then we got two division games after that, which will be a really great test. But I loved it. I love the mix and match. I thought Trey Lance looked great when he came in. Obviously, you know, he's he's learning and he'll get brought along. Jimmy looked good. Kittle got involved. He looked great. Mostert looked week one ready, man. This guy looked in great shape. I loved it. All the running backs looked great. Hasty, which we'll get to a bit later, looked phenomenal. Earned his spot on the roster. The whole team, I was, I was surprised to see Trent Williams out there too. I thought he wasn't going to go because of the injury. And he looked great. There, there really isn't much more to talk about. It was just a a really nice way to end the preseason. And it's a, a nice confidence boost, I think, to all of us fans.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think it was a great way to end the, the preseason. And, you know, I, I really, as you pointed out to Michael Hayes, he had a big game, you know, and, and my boy Jalen Hurd made a catch for the first time. So, you know, I just got to shout him out because yeah, he had a catch and that, uh, you know, make sure he makes the team. And I hope that he stays healthy enough, which never happens. But if he does, You know, I I would love to see what he can bring to the offense.
0: Baby steps, bro. Baby steps. Because (laughs) Jalen Hurd... No, no, but I mean that in a good way. Because the fact that Jalen Hurd got involved, number one, I think was really important. And number two, making the roster, which obviously we'll go through the whole roster in a second. But yes, Jalen Hurd, with one game, you know, we weren't really sure. Like, he would have had to make a significant impact. But I think Shanahan really just had to look at himself and, and Mike McDaniel, they probably just looked at each other and were like, listen, if Jalen Hurd comes in here and even gives us like 50-60% and he's healthy and he looks good, he doesn't have to make a massive impact. I want him on this roster because we know what we can do with him. It's an added weapon at the end of the day. That's all it is. So I think, yeah, no, for, for Jalen Hurd, this is one, that's why I said baby steps. It's one baby step in the in the right direction with him making the roster, getting out there, making some plays, you know, we'll slowly get there. It's going to be a long season, right? We don't know if anyone's... I can't say anyone is going to stay healthy for all 18 games or 17 games, right? So it's going to be an adjustment. It's going to be... But I'm really happy that Jalen Hurd was able to get out there, get involved and make an impact. And at the end of the day, he made the roster, which a lot of us, honestly, I didn't think he was going to, but he did. So I'm really happy about that. And I guess, you know, it's it's the final preseason game. We don't really have to go too deep into the numbers here we'll let that you know start week one but I'll just quickly go through some of the standouts in this game see Garoppolo and Lance Jimmy four for seven 64 yards and the rushing touchdown Lance six for 13 46 yards and a rushing touchdown as well Nate Sudfeld did his usual you know picking up the trash in the fourth quarter one for two 23 yards not really a standout there run running the running game has been great honestly every game this preseason gauman 13 rushes, 60 yards. Hasty, 6 rushes, 55 yards, 2 touchdowns. Mostert was 7 for 53. Sermon even rushed for 37 yards. And Elijah Mitchell, all 5 running backs got involved in this game. I loved it, which made this decision 10 times tougher. And we'll get to that in just a little bit. Trent Sherfield once again led the team in, recept- in uh Receiving yards for that matter. Two catches, 26 yards. Your boy Jalen Hurd, four for 25. Debo got involved with a catch for 24 yards. Jawan Jennings, catch for 15. And George Kittle, catch for 14 yards. And on the defensive side, Joukowsky Tart was back. Really great to see him. Zach Kerr got involved. He had a sack. Clinton, haha, Clinton Dix had a pick. And Javon Kinlaw, also, we got to see him. He's been out for the last few weeks with the knee injury. He got in there and he played well too. Um, You know, Who are are some of your winners and losers from from this game? Because overall, look at the numbers. Everybody got involved.
1: Yeah, you know, I think Tart's a winner just for being on the field and being healthy for week one. Uh, The safety position, there's a lot of injury concerns. I know uh, Hufanga has looked great this preseason. And will probably get some playing time in some sort of uh, area. But... I think having those two guys starting only helps the team because we know what they can do. Uh, Kim Law coming in, I, I've been waiting to see Kim Lodge play for a while. You know, he's supposed to take that huge step this year. Everyone's saying he's going to take that big step. He's going to take that big step. And we finally got to see a little bit of it. But I'm really waiting for that week one for when it counts, for him to get out there and what him and DJ Jones can do on the inside and Bosa and Armstead on the ends.
0: Agreed. And I think, yeah, the first two possessions, when the ones were out there on the defensive side, they looked really good. And I know there's not a lot you can take into that because the Raiders weren't starting any of their starting offensive line for whatever reason. But the first thing that came to my mind was, damn, this is without D. Ford and Nick Bosa. I'm like, this this is good, like really good. And I loved even when I saw from Samson Abukam this preseason, he looked really good. Jones, Kerr, Given, Street in the middle. Obviously, we won't see Mo Hurst for the first month or so, but this this D line looks fabulous, and that's what I love when they're modeling quarterbacks. That's that's what brought us to the Super Bowl in nineteen, and that's what can get us into late January, early February this year too. If those boys up front and Javon Kinlaw, he has a big year, that will go a long way for this team. My, my winners, I, I'll agree with you with, with Joukowsky tart. Really great to see him back on the field. Hafunga, honestly, he might get some reps in there, but he's going to be a special teams ace for now. Him, Marcel Harris, uh, Elijah Mitchell made a fantastic play on special teams as well. Some of these other guys down the depth chart are going to be great on special teams, and they showed out in the preseason as well. So I'll go in to say that. Jermichael Hastie's a winner for me. Jalen Hurd's a winner for me. Both of them incredible. They did what they needed to do to secure a job. And then the starting offense for me is a winner because no one really knew what to expect out of this whole, you know, two-headed dragon at quarterback, for that matter. You know, like, You know, when you use that term, you're usually talking about receiver or running back or tight end. But quarterback, I mean, th- this hasn't been done since like the 70s. Like it has been a really, really long time. And, we don't know in what capacity Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniel are going to use this in, but we'll find out next week. And I, I would assume it won't be. It may, may or may not be a ton because there, there was a little bit of a scare with Trey Lance. Obviously, he's not practicing at all this week yep. with a finger injury. So we'll have to see how that goes next week. But, and on top of that, they're the only two quarterbacks on the roster as well, which we'll get to in a second. But I'll say those are definitely my winners. There weren't a lot of losers. I think if I had to pick a loser, and this is, if this could be every week, I wish it was. But it's the guys who are at the bottom of the depth chart because this team just has so much depth. Like, it's not like, it's hard to work your way up, up the depth chart because this team is so good. Like, guys like Talanoa Hufunga who had a fen- phenomenal preseason. Do we know what Joukowsky-Tart can do? He comes back and now Hufunga's all the way down to a two again. Haha, Clinton Dix, I thought, played pretty good in his time. Obviously, he didn't make the roster, but you look at the depth that we have, and especially on the defensive line, I mean, my God, and then on, on running back, we're going to talk about that in a second, Wayne Gallman not making the roster, I was like, wow, that really goes to show like how much depth we have, because Wayne Gallman was arguably, you could make an argument that he was the best running back on the team all preseason, and he got cut. So, I mean, I'll say the losers is, yeah, just guys at the bottom of the depth chart, not even because they didn't show out, just because John Lynch has done such a great job at stacking this team with depth.
1: Yeah, I agree. Those would be the losers. Uh, you know, another thing I want to point out is that uh, IUK will probably punt return and kick return uh, for the team.
0: Yes. Yes, he will. That's what it looked like. And thank you for pointing that out. Because my next um, thing was going to say, talk about Richie James, who obviously they released yep. him. But the plan was for him to clear waivers and come back, which is exactly what happened. So he's back on the team, but will be on injured reserve. So he will miss the first month or so, probably into mid-late October, will Richie James come back. So yeah, Ayuk will probably take those handle those duties for now but speaking of brandon Ayuk, he's also out temporarily with a i believe it's a hamstring injury or something along those lines um because he did not play on sunday so we'll see how that goes as well but yeah not too much to report on the injury side which is a good thing thank god let's hope it it keeps this way for the remainder of the year but trey lance like we talked about out for the week with a finger injury but all signs point towards he'll be back next week richie james headed to ir and then Brandon Ayuk also I would expect would be back next week as well and then everyone else I would say you know take it slowly right Nick Bosa all point all signs are pointing to him playing week 1 same with D Ford and a lot of good things one week before opening day against the Detroit Lions having said that after that Fantastic game on Sunday against the Raiders. Again, I, I mean, I apologize to Raiders fans. I mean, it sucks because you know you guys move away, you come back, and it's the Battle of the Bay, and you guys just get kicked. You know, you get your ass kicked again. I mean, it sucks. It's unfortunate. You come here, <laughs> you get you get killed by a third-string quarterback, and then you come in here again, and then you you get shredded up in preseason again. It's tough, but you know what? This rivalry will stick on, and that's why I'd, I just I need to give these these nice sixty seconds to really you know. Just put it in there because we don't play the Raiders that often. So even if it's preseason, important that I that I say that. So I mean, but anyways, good luck to John Gruden and, and Co. this week or this year. They got a big season ahead of them on that note. But back to the Niners. 53-man roster, a lot of tough decisions um to see here. I mean, we've been talking about this for the last two weeks, but before this, what were some what were some takeaways that you were looking for before? The 53 man roster was, was revealed. What were some of the positions you were kind of looking at saying this is going to be tough for Lynch and Shanahan?
1: Uh, I think the main position was wide receiver. Uh, there was a lot of options out there, and who's going to be his wide receiver three. And uh, that was something he was looking for uh, in preseason. And I think he has a couple solid options now. And he uh, made his decision, uh, you know, keeping her, Jennings, and Sanu, and Sherfield. Uh, to all compete for that third job and keeping depth. Uh, another, I think, sort of surprise, I would say, was Nate Sudfeld uh, not being kept, considering Trey Lance uh, does have a bit of an injury. Yes, all signs point towards Lance being okay for week one. But if not, you need a backup quarterback. I mean, my guess is he'll sign to the practice squad or something so they can use it for the year. But... In general, I was just shocked that they didn't keep a third quarterback.
0: Yeah, that was my initial thought when I saw that. I was like, this this is a little bit risky for Kyle Shanahan right now because if the plan is to use both quarterbacks, and if something happens to one of them, then you need a backup. Having said that, Shanahan, he's got a plan. He always does. Nate Sudfeld is on our practice squad, so we do have a third quarterback now. And obviously that will happen if in the event something happens to either guy, Nate Sudfeld will be called up. So there's nothing to be totally, um, you know, surprised there or anything like that. Sudfeld was signed to the practice squad. But yeah, Jimmy G, Trey, Lance were obviously the two quarterbacks, Sudfeld, in the practice squad. So nothing really changed there. Um, I'll, I'll go over the wide receiver first before going to running back since you brought that up. So the six that made it, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, of course, as we all assumed, Mohamed Sanu and Trent Shurfield, Jawan Jennings and Jalen Hurd. I gotta say, I love all six of these guys. Like, there's not a single one where I'm kind of like, eh, you know, maybe is he gonna... Because even when the guy like Richie James, per se, you know, he didn't do a lot necessarily to make plays on the field. He's more of the special teams guy. I feel like... And same thing with Trent Taylor. He was more of a punt returner guy. Didn't necessarily... Outside of 2017, Trent Taylor didn't do a lot. This is a much more deeper receiving core, right? Because you know what you're getting out of your starting two. of a seasoned veteran. Jalen Hurd's just getting started. We, Me and you both love Jawan Jennings and what we've seen from him. And Trent Sherfield has been the best receiver all preseason. This is a really nice group that we got here, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I think there's a clear top two, and they're going to get most of the targets in this offense uh, with George Kittle, obviously. But, you know, I do think there was some uh, options open on three wide receiver sets. And I think uh, right now, if it was my guess, I think Trent Sherfield gets the job. You know, he had the best preseason, and he looked great. Taking him from uh, Arizona, he, he was looking really good. And I, I, I think he'll get the majority of the share there over – and new and heard and Jennings, but they all looked pretty good. But there's only so many, uh, so many like looks you can hand out. And uh, I think Sherfield's going to get the majority if I just take a guess.
0: No, I, I don't think that's very far-fetched. I think that's pretty accurate. I think Trent Shearfield was probably going to start at the wide receiver three, and then Sanu will probably mix in with him here and there. Yeah. Jalen Hurd, I think, will probably get will come in first. I, I feel like Shanahan's going to have some specific design plays for Jalen Hurd, whether it's as a running back, tight end wide receiver. I know Shanahan's probably been waiting for the last two years to break out some of these plays with Jalen Hurd. So I know there'll be specific plays for him. And then Juwan Jennings, I feel like, will probably start out as a depth guy, maybe we'll get on some special teams plays. So we'll see how that goes to start things off. So wide receiver, I really like where we're at right now. Travis Benjamin also got signed to the practice squad. So we got some dead. And then of course Richie James, as we know, will eventually come onto the roster at some point. Moving on to so running back shocker at fullback, Kyle Uzchek, their only fullback. Wow, well, what a surprise there. Um, and then moving <laughs> over and then moving over to running back. This this to me was just was crazy to me because again, I thought Wayne Gallman was our best running back all preseason. And Jermichael Hasty was very close to that. Him and Gallman were spectacular all preseason long. Mostert, obviously, the number running back number one. He played great in it uh, with the ones on Sunday's game. Trey Sermon will be running back too. He looked a lot better than the first two games. He kind of started out a bit so actually he didn't play at all in the Chargers game, but the Chiefs game, he started out a bit slow as expected in your first game. But then on Sunday against the Raiders, he looked definitely a little bit better, and I think I think again once Trey Sermon because in in week one he didn't get to play with the ones once he start plays under the ones with Trent Williams and Alex Mack and McGlinchy and all those guys, Sermon I think we'll get into things very slowly. Jermichael Hasty man this this guy was was awesome, amazing, and I cannot wait to see what he does. I mean last year. I know a lot of people were talking about Jermichael Hasty saying, oh, Jermichael Hastie's going to be like the next Marshawn Lynch, and he's really good. I didn't really see it from him last year. I thought he was good, but not great. But this preseason, what I've seen from him, I'm like, this guy looks like he's ready to have a breakout year. And that's what I love to see. And I cannot wait to see what Jermichael Hasty does this year. And then Elijah Mitchell, who I think, I think they really, really liked what he could do on special teams. That's why they kept him there. But Elijah Mitchell, I mean, for God's sakes, we've talked about this for not not the last few weeks, but the last, like, four or five years since Kyle Shanahan took over, anybody can run in this system. It doesn't matter who you put back there. Anyone's going to have success in this system.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I think, uh, you know, Shanahan went into this camp with a vision in mind. He went into the draft with a vision in mind at running back. And, you know, when he he spent that draft capital at running back, uh, there's you, you got to keep those guys, you, you know, and, and they looked really good in the preseason. I, I think uh, when uh, Jeff Wilson went down, Mitchell kind of secured his job because him and Wilson are kind of similar. So as that fourth running back, I th- I think the biggest uh, the biggest question mark was between Hasty and Gallman, And, you know, I, I think with the game last week in the preseason, with the way Hasty performed, I think he took the job over Gallman, and you know he's, he's younger too. Uh, j- he was undrafted last year, and you know now he's probably going to get a good chance to prove himself. With Shanahan, he uses all of his running backs all the time, so I, I'm excited to see all of them in key situations.
0: It's always the undrafted day that that seems yeah. to break out in Kyle Shanahan's system. Moster was undrafted, if I'm not mistaken. I think Jeff Wilson was also undrafted, Jermichael Hasty, undrafted. It's pretty amazing what he what he does with some of these young guys. But I guess, you know what, that that honestly kind of makes sense because like we talked about with Sermon being drafted so early in the draft, we're like, he's got to have a spot. We know Moster was going to be running back one. So then it was kind of like, all right, so who's going to be it after that? And to your point, I think that makes sense. That's probably why. Wayne Gauman and Jermichael Hasty got majority of the carries throughout preseason because Kyle Shannon probably wanted a good look at them both and see who made the roster. And you're right, because Hasty had those ridiculous runs on Sunday. That was probably the X-factor. It was probably very slim, but that was probably the X-factor. So that's a good call. I think that's probably exactly what happened there. Moving over to tight end, no surprises here either. George Kittle, Ross Dwelly, Charlie Warner, the same three from last year. Um, I like what I saw from Charlie Warner. That's your guy. He had a nice, yeah, he had a nice preseason there. And, you know, Ross and George, I think we all know, you know, what they do. So no, no surprises there. Onto the O-line, definitely some surprises here. Trent Williams, Mike McGlinchey, Jalen Moore, who had a very nice preseason. Tom Compton also made the roster. Lake and Tomlinson, Daniel Bronsko, Aaron Banks, who hopefully will start practicing again very soon. And then Alex Mack will get the start at center. There's not much that that I'm kind of shocked about. I think the only one is I'm surprised Colton McKivitz didn't make the roster and Tom Compton did. I think those two are not very much different, so I can see how they went one over the other. My only worry here is I thought Jake Brendel, who played center after Alex Mack uh, went out, he was basically the backup center. We know Daniel Bronsko can play the center position as well, but... I would have thought keeping Jake Brendel would have helped a little bit because then you don't have to move Daniel Brunskill from guard to center in the event that something would happen to Alex Mack. Knock on wood, nothing does. So I was a little surprised by that. But other than that, there's not much I was really surprised. I,
1: I think if you look at it, if you have to put Brunskill to center, then probably by then, Banks will be ready to fill in at right guard. And you, gotcha. know, you can maneuver it rather than keeping the guy you think is a bit more limited. Maybe he's decent at center but this other guy is better
0: gotcha that that makes sense honestly because aaron banks they took him in the in the second round so obviously you would expect that you know he has that potential and i think john lynch cal shannon have that expectation in him that we took him in the second round that we would hope that he gets there and i know he didn't have the greatest of starts to his preseason against the chiefs and then he got hurt But I mean, he made the roster, so I mean that still shows, you know, some sort of faith that this team has in him. So I guess, yeah, I guess, yeah, sure, that's a that's a good call. I don't think Jake Brendel's on the practice squad. I think they cut him, so he's no longer on the team. Actually, I take that back. Jake Brendel is on the practice squad. So you know what? There you go. So there's not (laughs) much. So there's not much to to really take away from the offensive line. Again, I think this starting five. You know, I'm assuming just with a 17-game season that there will be some games here and there where someone will probably have to miss a game or two because, you know, that's football and it happens. But if these five can stay intact for, at the bare minimum, 14 or 15 games this season, that's a huge plus because I think this this starting five has potential to be a really, really good offensive line and maybe even top five in the league. That's a little much, but top 10 definitely. And then you look at the speed that we have on this offense when, especially when Trey Lance is in the game. I mean, hey, for God's sakes, even when Garoppolo's in there now, well, there's a lot of speed on the field. But when Lance is in there, you guys, you don't know if he's gonna take it and run. You don't know if Mostert's gonna, you know, take it and run for 40, 50 yards. You don't know what Jermichael Hasty's gonna do, what Debo Samuel can do. Like there, Brandon Ayuk, there is speed everywhere on this offense. And behind these, behind big boy Trent Williams, Mike McGlinchey, Alex Mack, Lakin and Thomas, and Daniel Brunskill, it can be a, it could be a long day for defenses.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think that offensive line is one of the strong suits of us. I think it's probably closer to top ten than top five, but you know, you never know what happens. Uh, you know, Shanahan uses the offensive line a lot uh, in positioning and where to guard, and you know. His run game, his offense in general, is one of the best in the game. So he really relies on that offensive line, and as long as there's no injuries, they should be good.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the biggest thing there. But the starting offense looked fantastic. So I I can't wait to see him week one against the Lions. I mean, just when I when I think about it on paper, it's just like with this. I mean, we could drop forty on this on on the Lions on Sunday. Like who who knows what that game could be like. It could be closer than we think. It could go a lot of different ways. But with the way that this offense is moving, they're going to be very hard to stop. Speaking of getting stops, moving over to the defense, the defensive line was definitely one position group that, you know, we've been talking about a lot and we knew how much depth there was. But I think everyone that made the roster deserves it. I think this is a good, there's not many surprises here, if not at all. On the defensive line, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, Samson Ebukam, D4, DJ Jones, Cantavia Street, Zach Kerr, Arden Key, Kevin Givens, and Mo Hurst make the defensive line. Any surprises here, or is this kind of what you expected?
1: Yeah, no surprises. You know, it's one of our deepest parts of our lineup. And you know how uh, defenses like uh, ours love to use the rotating defensive line. And, you know, we have so many guys that you can plug in here or there that you don't have to rely on your big guys all the time and use them and make them uh, worn out. You want to make them, keep them fresh, and you have that rotation going. And I think uh, looking at our guys, we're going to have a nice rotation.
0: Yeah, I agree. There weren't really many surprises at all here. I think these guys, everyone I kind of assumed would make the roster – and I think it doesn't really matter who we tried out there. This Everyone on here is going to eat. Again, if Kinlaw has a breakout year, that's going to be huge for this team. If D Ford and Nick Bosa are able to stay healthy, that's going to be huge. I love the addition of Ebicom. And then you got the big boys in the middle with Givens, Jones, Current, Street. And then Mo Hurst when he comes back. This can be a really, really good defensive line if they can stay healthy. And if someone in the event, someone goes down, which already someone already did go down in Mo Hurst this this D line is stacked. So I'm not too worried about that and i'm I'm fairly happy with everyone who we decided to keep over the linebackers. No surprise here. I mean who who would have guessed Fred Warner made the team at linebacker. <laughs> I mean I mean he's 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 quite the kid, isn't he? I mean he's he's pretty good. I heard he's not bad. I heard his I heard his partner Drake Greenlaw's partner in crime is pretty good as well. not too you know not too shabby. Those two obviously gonna be the starting two linebackers there. They didn't need to play a lot. I was shot. I'm not going to lie. When I saw Fred Warner out there in uniform on Sunday, I was like, please let him just come back healthy. Like, the last thing we need is for something to happen to Freddie. I swear to God. But nothing did, thank God. Um, I think that was a little reckless putting out our starters on Sunday. But you know what? We made it out healthy, and that's all that matters. Marcel Harris made the team. And again, I think that was more of something as for a special teams guy. I've always loved Marcel Harris. He's a really physical guy when he played at safety, and I think he'll bring the same linebacker if he needs to go in there. Aziz Alshair, another guy who I really like, made the team, and then Flanagan Foles as well. Not really a lot of surprises. I think there's only one. Jonas Griffith, who you and I were both very impressed with in the week one game against Kansas City, he got traded to Denver. But the main thing that I've been reading about was the fact that Again, this kind of comes down to depth, and this is just how good our depth is that we had to trade away Jonas Griffith.
1: Yeah, I really liked his performance at camp. I know we've talked about it on the show a bit. I uh, think that he could he could be really good for the Broncos. You know, I don't necessarily like that we got rid of him, but at the same point, I mean, if they weren't going to keep him on the roster, getting an extra day two pick or day three pick, I'll, I'll take it.
0: Agreed. Yeah, I'm, I'm not disappointed in that either. You know, we're getting extra draft picks. That's fine. I'm totally cool with that as well. Um, but again, it just shows, it just really just goes to show you the depth on this team. And then moving over to the secondary, which this is another position group where, you know, we were kind of interested to see who who we're going to keep and who we weren't. But Jason Verrett, Manuel Mosley, k1 Williams, Lenore Ambry Thomas making it a corner. Not a lot of surprises here either. I mean, I was kind of expecting all these guys. I I think the only one may be Dante Johnson. But having said that, I feel like Dante Johnson is one of those guys that we kind of just bring back once in a while. (laughs) If like, you know, that I swear that's happened like the last two, three years. If something happens to one of our corners, Dante Johnson just somehow, some way ends up on our roster. So I'm not really too surprised at corners.
1: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised at corners too. You know, it it was a concern going into camp. You know, I didn't think we had a lot of depth, but the Almador Lenore is looking great in camp. And I really think he can step in, in any position when needed.
0: Agreed. I, I definitely agree with that. And, and the other thing to add there also on the D line, another guy who actually had a pretty good preseason as well, Jordan Willis. He will be out. He is suspended until after yeah. our bye week, week seven. So that's even another guy to keep an eye out on the D-line as well. But, I mean, the other guy also there at um, corner was Devontae Harris. Never heard of this guy. Probably played late in the preseason, and I just didn't bother to even see him. So probably another depth guy to stick on special teams. And then at safety, Jimmy Ward, Joukowsky Tart, Hofunga, and Tavon Wilson. No surprises here when Tart was out. Tavon Wilson stepped in, and when then he went down, Hafunga got in. I think the best thing to say about this is that all of them kind of got reps with the ones, if you will, because when Tart was down, Wilson got the reps with the ones, and then when Wilson was down, Hafunga got the reps with the ones, so you know, there's not many surprises here. You got all four guys that have experience. Like, Jimmy Ward's going to be one of the leaders of this defense.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, the safety position, there wasn't really much competition. It was Tavon Wilson and Fungo, who was a standout at camp so i i really think that uh the safety group's kind of secure i mean with the injuries it's never secure uh, especially in the safety with tart and ward but we'll see
0: yeah i agreed and i'm you know with four guys i mean maybe if no one snatches up ha ha dicks if something happens maybe we can bring him back i thought he was i thought he was really good as well but the end of the day, it, you know, really comes down to different positions, and I think D line we wanted to stash some extra depth there, which rightfully so. So again, I'm overall I'm fairly happy, and then of course cannot forget about our special teams group. The same, the the same three guys, the dynamic th- three guys, I guess dynamic duo. No, there's three guys here: is Robbie Gold, <laughs> Mitch, Mitch Wisnowski, and Tabor Pepper. You know, they're gonna do what they do. Same three guys for the last few years. So not, uh, you know. Not much of a surprise here between those three. So overall, when I look at this roster, I don't see a lot of surprises. I don't see a lot of turnover, and that this that's a good thing. That's what you want to look for when you look at a fifty-three man roster when it's unveiled. You know, you want to see, you know, who we kept, who we add, and all that. And overall, there there weren't a lot of surprises.
1: Yeah, it was pretty straightforward, pretty standard. Uh, our roster is good as long as they're healthy. We'll do fine. But, you know, we are in the toughest division and I'm very, very, very excited for the first week of football next week.
0: Agreed. I'm really excited to get this thing started. I'm I can't wait to see what this team is all about. Obviously, it's a the 17 game season this year, so I'm not going to take too much into account what happens early on. <laughs> so if the Niners, for some random reason, were like two and two after our first four, I'm not going to panic a ton. There's so much football left to be played. And, you know, I'm sure the minute that the Niners go through some sort of adversity, I mean, you're going to start hearing the the Lance calls to be quarterback one, um, which I feel like is going to be something that we're just going to hear all season long. In fact, even if Jimmy plays well and Trey also plays well, there's probably going to be Rumble saying, oh, why not just start Lance and blah, blah, blah. We're going to hear it all year long. But that's something that I'm just intrigued to see, to see these two guys work together to try and make the playoffs and try to get to a Super Bowl, seeing two guys work together. And again, we don't know in what capacity Kyle Shanahan is going to roll out this two-quarterback system. But here's the question that I'll pose, and this is probably a terrible question for before week one, but do you think this, this situation of having two good quarterbacks and mixing them up like we did in the preseason has potential to succeed amongst the top dogs in the NFC like Tampa Bay, Green Bay, Seattle, L.A.?
1: I think it really depends on Trey Lance. Um, I definitely think it does have the chance to be one of the top dogs just because if you think about how an offense has to plan for one quarterback and his plays you now have to plan for two different quarterbacks in random times you don't know when they're going to be used but you know that Trey Lance is going to use his leg and his arm you know that Jimmy G is probably going to use only his arm so you have to look and watch plays that uh, that both Jimmy G executes and that Trey Lance executes and you have to remember which is which and how to set up for both so I, I think it's going to add a different dynamic to a lot of how Defenses prepare for our offense. And you know, Shanahan's gonna have all of these different plays and have two guys soak them in and uh get different options, different looks. It's just gonna make that offense more dynamic. And I really think that they have a chance to be in the top of the guys if they can execute well.
0: Hey man, you better watch out with Jimmy Garoppolo running the ball too, man. (laughs) Defensive defensive coordinators, man. You better you better be trying to prep for Jimmy G's in the run game too. Like don't don't count him out just yet, but no. Then I mean, jokes aside, like I, I'm, I that that's kind of what I think too. And this is really what I've been saying the entire off season is that throw Trey Lance in there. I want to see him on the field. I don't want to see him starting, but I want to see him in this offense because again, like I mentioned, he's just an added weapon. You keep him on the roster. You 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 know instead of just having him sit there and learn. You put him on the field, give him real reps against these teams, and especially that stretch early on, week three against Green Bay up until, like, week seven against Indy. Those are going to be four really good tests for Trey Lance. He's going to get to see some really, really good defenses in those four games. So I think Trey Lance is going to be able to see that, but that's what I mean. Like, he's an added weapon to an already stacked offense. Same with a guy like Jalen Hurd when obviously we haven't seen a lot out of him. We've only seen two preseason games in his entire career that he's played. He hasn't played a single regular season snap for us, but we know he's an added weapon. And that's what it comes down to is just loading this offense and just stacking it with weapons left, right, and center. The goal out of this is going to be Kyle Shanahan. I think maybe, I don't know if it's going to be a hot take or not, this might be the best year as an offensive coordinator and a coach that he might have is in his entire career with the guys that he has at his disposal.
1: I don't know. That's saying a lot about that Atlanta year. That Atlanta year was pretty special with Matt Ryan. If Jimmy G uh, wins MVP, then maybe we'll get there. But that MVP season by Matt Ryan and Kyle Shanahan was something special. So it's a lot to throw out there, but, but Kyle Shanahan has the mind to do it and the
0: weapons. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. That Atlanta, I think sometimes, <laughs> no, I no, honestly, like, I think sometimes it's hard to look at that that Atlanta season and kind of remember how good that offense was in a way, yeah. right? I think you know how good it was, but then when you're really thinking about, it, it's like, no, that was that that might have been one of one of the best offensive seasons, like, of all time. Yeah, it's you know, crazy. You look at that, the stats. So that's what I'm saying. So yeah, I I agree. Sure. What you know that that take definitely is definitely a hot take that I said, but. I do think that the weapons that he has on this team compared to what he had in Atlanta, he has more. Having said that, obviously now we don't have a Julio Jones, we do have George Kittle, but Julio Jones is a different. <laughs> he he's just different. Period. Yeah. He, they, that that guy's just different. They had a good run game. That a good all- They had Alex Mack on that offensive line. Maybe Alex Mack's the good luck charm. Who knows? Hopefully. But, yeah. Honestly, hopefully. But no, I I know what you're saying. But again, I think what I'm trying to say in the in the big span of things is. Did, with the weapons that Kyle Shannon has, he has potential to take this offense. I kind of I almost kind of hope this like I, I hope our defense is still very very good. but I hope this year it's like our offense takes the leap opposed to 2019 it was our defense took the leap. I kind of yeah. hope that this year it's our offense and we're just throwing points left right and center, but we have a good defense right We have a defense that can close out games. We got Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, Jimmy Ward who I think are our three leaders of this defense. Those guys got to rally this team to be closers. Like, I feel like that's the biggest thing in this league, in this in, in the NFL, is you're sure, sure you got to say defenses win championships. At the end of the day, you got to close out games, right? You got to be clutch, make plays when you need them. That's almost like what I look at the Philadelphia Eagles in 2017, 2018, when they made the Super Bowl. That game was ridiculously high scoring, but they closed out. So I think when I look at this season, I'm like, if, if we can just. Just have a track meet with teams and run up 30, 40 points. But we got guys that can close games like Nick Bosa, Samson Ebucam, D Ford, Fred Warner, like guys that can just shut it down when you need them to. That's what's gonna help us, man, because that's if that was the case back two years ago, we'd be Super Bowl champions right now, right? It's you just you gotta finish it. with it's offense or defense, gotta find a way to finish games. But man, this can be a fun season. I'm excited for this. It's gonna be a long season, but I mean, we're going to have a lot of Niners football to talk about every week. But that's a wrap for this week's episode of the 49 Away Podcast. And on next week, we preview and we get started with week one, Niners at the Lions. Week one, we get to play our good friend who we're very familiar with, Jared Goff. So we'll talk all about that. Chevy, final thoughts?
1: Uh, I'm excited for the first week. I'll talk more about it next week. But uh, yeah, go Niners.
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Can't wait to get started regular season next week. So That'll do from us, and we'll see y'all faithful next week. And also, don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis. And that is a wrap for this week's episode of the 49 Away podcast. Don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more 49ers news and analysis.